according to every test, my brother is fine. Everything works like it should. Mark should be walking around like you or I. But he's not. My brother's been unconscious for months. And the doctors thought a lot of things. They thought it was an injury, but there's no trauma to the body. They thought it was an infection, but they didn't find anything in the blood work. So it had to be coma. But there was more brain activity than coma patients are supposed to have. I tried homeopathy, naturopathic medicine, and even a psychic. Nothing changes. Mark just lays there, staring at the ceiling, and I stare with him, wondering if I should give up on ever seeing my brother awake again. I don't want to give up. And I'm calling because I want to believe there's something that can be done or at the very least a reason why my brother is the way he is. Maybe I sound desperate. And maybe I am. But people say you might know something. So I gotta try. Please, help me. My brother won't wake up. And no one knows why. When I was young, I discovered a world beyond our own. It was captivating and dangerous. So I spent the rest of my life guiding those who encounter it. And if needed, protect them from it. Welcome to the Arcane. It was evening when I arrived. Maya was waiting for me. She led me without a word to her brother Mark's wing, and I could feel the pace of the hospital slowing. Nurses were shuffling instead of rushing. Conversations were whispers or non-existent. And custodians could be seen mopping and wiping down windows. There was no better time than now. Less commotion always made my job easier. When we got to the wing, I asked Maya to wait outside and, if possible, keep all the doctors and nurses out. As she turned to leave, I glanced at her brother. Mark looked just like her. Same curly black hair and tan complexion. When I heard the door close, I sat down in a nearby chair and opened myself to the hospital. I felt the fear and the anger, the stress and the pain, but most of all, I felt the anxiety of all the families and patients digging in for the night. 
What I didn't feel was anything out of the ordinary, and nothing coming from Mark. I took a deep breath, went through the hospital again, to see if maybe I missed something. But again found nothing. Now for the hard part. People contact me for all sorts of reasons, but their motivations are always the same. They want hope when the world says there is none. Sometimes there is something. Outside of everyday instruments that attacked, but... Sometimes a spade is a spade. And in this case, Mark was in a coma. Nothing more. I got out of my chair and began rehearsing what I would say to Mark's sister when I felt it. A presence, alive and crackling with energy. I began pacing the wing, trying to pinpoint where this presence originated. But no sooner did I start searching than it vanished, like it had never been there at all. I pulled up a chair next to Mark's bed and grabbed his hands. Ah, there it was, coming from inside Mark himself. So I closed my eyes, squeezed his hands, and went inside. Lights, colors, dimensions aren't found in minds. Emotions, thoughts, and memories are all there is. So I tread lightly, too harsh, and the mind can crumble under your weight, too timid, and the overflow of activity can overwhelm you. So I slide by a joyful feeling here, nudge aside a lewd thought there, and so on. Then I see a white light in the distance. Strange, because as I said, light doesn't exist in minds. Or at least it's not supposed to. I check my wards, the barriers that protect my mind, to see if the light is a threat. Everything appears as it should be, so I make my way there. As I get closer, I can see the outline of a figure. Was he or she responsible for Mark's coma? And if so, what do they want? Closer still, I can see the figure is a man. And upon reaching the light, I see curly black hair and a tan complexion. My body stiffens, my powers cut off. The man in the light is Mark. If you struggle, it will hurt, I can promise you that. But if you let me be, I'll do what I can to protect your mind. Why are both of you doing this? You know about the ether, the world beyond our own. Maya and I have spent our whole lives searching for it, and you have it all at your fingertips. All we ever wanted was the opportunity, no, the privilege, to learn what you know. You could have asked. You would have said no, just like the others. Tell me I'm wrong. I said nothing. You gave us no choice. I'd learned what it was like to have your mind torn apart, but this, this was like nothing I'd ever imagined. It felt like thousands of fiery knives were burrowing in my mind, cutting away whatever was wanted, shattering the rest. This was the end. No one survived this, not even me. And then it stopped. Just as it was getting started. And in the darkness, I heard a guttural growl. Two feral eyes, the color of blood, opened in the black. 
and turned to Mark. He tried to run. Underneath those feral eyes were two rows of dagger-like teeth, and they clamped down on him hard. Mark didn't even have time to scream. Then the creature turned to May. So I closed my eyes and waited for the end. I still don't know what happened. One minute, everything seems to be going as planned. The next, my brother is convulsing and drooling out of the side of his mouth. He was dead minutes later, and our target disappeared. No one in the hospital remembers him. Not even the doctor we paid to set aside the space. Why did he let me remember? And how did he get away from my brother? Later, I found a book on Mark's bed about second factors, a backup measure used to protect online accounts when passwords fail. Not something my brother would be reading. I picked it up and a small piece of paper fell out. Three words, black ink. I'll be watching. Episode 1, My Brother Won't Wake Up, starring Daniela Berdut as Maya, Samer Kanan as Mark, Jacob Quinn as The Man With No Name, podcast art by Creative Shin, and music and sound by Circle Tone. Thanks for listening.